Hi, and welcome to episode 147 of the Phil Swallow podcast, recording on Thursday the 1st of June 2023. Uh, The title is What a Trip, with emojis this time of the Japanese flag, and I think it's a cruise ship. Now, before we get into this, uh, there's a slight delay in when I would normally record it, but to be honest, the jet lag is still causing a bit of a problem. I nodded off earlier and uh, it's been a bit of a tale of that. I keep hitting the wall in the evenings and then sleeping pretty well, but then, I don't know, hitting the wall regularly. Whether it's age, because I had my big birthday while, while we were away, I don't know. Um, one of the other things that I've done is, well, or I am doing with this episode is recording it on a different camera. It's my uh, sort of camcorder, pro camcorder. I I used the GoPro for the first few episodes that I've done so far, and it was okay, but really that was because I was kind of testing the format, and I quite like the format, and the viewing figures seem to be pretty good. Thank you. Uh, so I just thought I'd up the game a bit, and it's meant I've done a few adjustments here that may not be perfect, but I think uh, it should be an improvement. Maybe you can answer in the comments or whatever. I don't mind. I do love to get comments and feedback. Obviously, nice stuff. <laughs> but, you know, just positive suggestions. I've had some really good stuff uh, over the over the weeks and months. So, uh, what a trip. Well, I'm going to probably cover this journey that we've just been on um, in a few episodes because it's going to be the focus. Well, it, it has been the focus of so much building up to it, as you know from previous shows. And then obviously we we had a great time away. Well, not obviously, but we did. And um, there's a lot of content there. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of stuff for me to get through. Uh, I'll cover a bit of a complication at the end of this episode. Um, I've got no idea how long this is going to last. I will just keep talking and uh, and hopefully it will be engaging uh, because this was uh, a serious trip. This really was a serious trip. Now, in terms of how it actually played out, so... We were due, almost giving the game away there straight away. The flight was scheduled for 9.35am on the Sunday. So that was the 14th, 14th, yeah, the 14th of May. And on the Saturday afternoon, I was at Crystal Palace in my seat and they just announced how many minutes of extra time it was. And I said to my mate next to me, I said, look, I'm probably just going to head down the steps and go towards the end of extra time because just to beat the bit of a rush getting out. And we got some people coming over in about an hour and a half uh, to, well, people, friends, family, uh, to take us down to Heathrow. And we've got a a hotel booked overnight and then we're going to be off in the morning. All planned brilliantly. Almost to the minute that I mentioned that, obviously I didn't tell the whole story to my mate, but I mentioned that I was going to leave early, a notification came through on my phone. Your flight is cancelled. This is the BA flight from London Heathrow to Tokyo Haneda uh, for the following morning, cancelled. And that's it. Uh, kindly backed it up with an email. Thank you. Now, I panicked. I do panic sometimes. And I spoke to Sue and I said, look, can we get on to our travel counsellor, tra- travel agent, uh, and see what happens? Now, initially, um, well, obviously a lot of panic was ensuing at this point, but we'd booked the flights through Cunard and that ended up being a master stroke because it means they've got that overall responsibility to get us onto the plane. No, 
to get us onto the ship via the plane. So it wasn't for us to go around cancelling, rebooking, this and that. It was to leave it in the hands of Cunard. And we were fortunate that our travel counsellor that evening was in uh, an industry event with someone extremely senior in Cunard. So they were able to kind of see firsthand of how this played out. And it was quite an evening because we didn't know what was going on. Um, and I, prior to that, prior to kind of absorbing the fact that it was down to Cunard to actually make the, uh, the make good for the booking and to get us onto the ship, I had all visions of us just losing the holiday and cancelling everything, and it had been it would have been awful. So uh, later in that evening, uh, we got a text message from Cunard, and it says you've been booked on Nippon Airways flight Sunday evening from Heathrow direct which is good um, and there will be someone to meet you at the airport and get you onto the ship so that was pretty good there were some other slight complications which we'd gone for certain meet non-meet options on the um, on the BA flight that was lost pre-booked seats on the BA flight that was gone they were all paid for so we still got to follow up those things um, and actually just before recording this I, I was thinking where did our miles go that we'd done 12,000 miles round trip anyway we'll we'll get to that at some point so so we had a flight and we were able to check in um we couldn't sit sit together on the initial check-in that was a uh, rather frustrating but as soon as we got to the airport it turns out we were the first in the kind of bag drop queue we spoke to the guy and he was able to get us to sit together um, it ended up being, because it's a 242, this is premium economy with Nippon Airways, great airways by the way, really, really good staff. So in the 242, there was the two, as you'll face in the front of the plane, there was the two um, window and, and aisle seats, and then there was the four, which was a very nice lady, Sue, me, and it ended up being a blank seat next to me, so that was okay to a degree, could use that space. And then uh, I think there might have been one or two other empty seats started around. And we went on this long flight, uh, 14 and a half hours, got us to uh, Haneda about 5.15. Now, our original slot to check into the ship was 2.30pm to 4pm, and this is 5.15pm. It actually took us an hour and a half to get through the passport checks, customs and all that sort of stuff. It was really quite slow. And then I had to pick up a little Wi-Fi device that we hired. And uh, there was uh, someone waiting for us, lovely, friendly lady. Um, we got onto the coach and we got onto the ship. And it was interesting, as we were getting on board the ship, we saw the whole kind of, uh, where they set up these kind of Z queues for checking in with a big kind of cover over it. It, it would have been quite a big operation uh, to actually do that. And, and actually, originally, we were going to be getting landing at 7.15am and then having to kill time in between the airport and Yokohama for a few hours before we could actually go and register and get on board. So we ended up being really fast checked onto the ship. And I actually did a little video. I've done hundreds of videos. Um, <laughs> more about that to come. So we actually walked onto the ship at exactly 8pm, which is not bad, really. I think they were due to sail 6, 6.30. And it felt like we weren't on there long before we... Uh, we were actually moving. Um, we sued did some brilliant work to look up and see what the food options were because we were quite hungry. And uh, food closed at something like 8.30 and this was 
10, 8, 15 by the time we got to our cabin, which was wonderful. Uh, we got some food and, and we could just then start to get into our holiday because the Tuesday was a sea day, so that was kind of getting to grips with things. Um, I suffered a bit from jet lag, which hang, hung over until at least the Wednesday, which is my birthday, the 17th. Um, but it was, I, as I say, videos will come. I mean, I'm going to probably do one about the BA debacle uh, because we found that different people did different things, partly because they may have chosen to book directly rather than via Cunard. But we heard of one couple who, well, one couple, they got there, their luggage didn't arrive until four days later, which is probably when we were in Busan in South Korea. There was another couple who panicked and just paid for new flights and they went via Paris. I think someone else went via Germany and there was one couple who did absolutely nothing. They just, they were aware of the terms and conditions. They said, well, Cunard will get us there. We'll just wait. And they got the same message that we would have got saying you're on a, you know, X flight or whatever. Uh, bold move, uh, bold to be able to kind of just let it all wash over you. Um, but well done them. You know, we all got there in the end in one way, shape or form. But yes, the, the service was excellent. Um, the ship was clean. I'd read some slightly iffy reviews prior to that, and I, I can only say they were possibly people who just like to put those reviews out there. I don't know. I'll never know. Uh, but the reviews that we're going to give them is going to be full of praise and five stars. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to be on board the Cunard Queen Elizabeth. Uh, the staff were great, but not over the top. You know, sometimes you get this kind of gushing level of service, and it wasn't. It was just on the sort of level that was necessary. Um, the ship was full. Uh, there was a little sign on the, the kind of purser's desk saying, don't ask for an upgrade because there aren't any options. Uh, I think they may have had a situation, someone said a few, maybe two weeks beforehand, that the ship wasn't, and they advertised it heavily within Japan. Obviously, it's like us getting an option to go around the British Isles in some ways, uh, which is apparently a really good cruise. And uh, so they got a lot of local, you know, Japanese people signed up. And uh, so it was a really nice mix, uh, you know, Japanese, Brits, Australians, Americans, Canadians. Um, might have been one or two European accents that I heard, during, you know, during the course. But you wouldn't have known that the the ship was full because we never had to kind of queue for anything. Uh, we always got a place in the lounges that we went to. We had the, the hot drinks package, which is, we get through more hot drinks than we do alcoholic drinks generally. Although we did go for wine with a dinner. Uh, we had a special dinner for my birthday. They do that kind of package that included some sparkling wine. So we had quite a bit of wine that night and you can keep your wine. You know, we normally have red and that easily keeps for a day or, to or so. So, uh, yes, I, 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 I cannot praise Cunard too highly or highly enough. Is that the term? But you know what I mean? Um, five stars all the way. It's a no brainer that we would look to go on Cunard again for a cruise. Uh, funnily enough, we actually looked at a couple of river cruise options, which they don't do, but, um, there's one of the tips we picked up from other people we got chatting to there was that they mark their calendar of, for the Cunard schedule. And then if late deals become available, they've already got it in their calendar so they can sort of hopefully accommodate it, a retired couple. So that is something that we may consider 
obviously it's good the diaries have got to line up and you know cat care and all those sort of things but uh, sorry my notes are down here now so I'm just having a look at it uh, so yeah birthday wise certainly one to remember I mean not for the jet lag that was by the by in fact we slept in such that we missed the security briefing but they kind of covered that in a different way so that was fine um really looked after fussed over on the birthday the first stop was on my birthday on the Wednesday in Kagoshima and in terms of some of the material um, I'm going to kind of publish photos initially uh, and I think I'll group them if you you're able to follow me on Facebook so if you just look up Phil Swallow on Facebook you'll be like there's an option to follow so I'll be putting some albums on there uh, and I'm going to do one around the ship and what I saw, you know, on there, just sort of paint a picture. Uh, and then they'll be with some of the places we visited as well. So I'm going to kind of break down the albums and I'll probably do some Instagram posts and that kind of thing. Uh, because the videos are going to take quite a bit of work. And as I'll come to at the end, there's a delay there for good reason. And yeah, Kagoshima was a lovely port. It was, uh, most of these are fairly large ports that are specially constructed kind of um, mooring area for the ship. And then we had, we didn't have a pre-planned tour there. We were able to get the shuttle bus from the ship. They they do various, you know, passport checks and things like that. Took us into um, into a car parking area. It was quite near the ferry that goes over to the volcano and an aquarium. We decided to go on the sort of hop-on, hop-off bus and it, it was okay. Um, there wasn't a huge amount to see there and maybe we could have done a different trip or done things differently uh, they also had streetcars there or trams which are quite popular in many Japanese cities uh, but it was good to get our first taste of Japanese life and yeah the people are amazing we we got a feel for that to a degree when we were on on the ship so respectful um, it, it just quite a different world in fact I, I actually joked with Sue when we'd been you know in the country for a few few days I said it's not just like another country or another culture it's almost like another world entirely uh, in a good way in a great way uh, the the place is spotlessly clean the toilets are work and there's no graffiti um, everything kind of just connects together the public transport system is brilliant and reasonable even things like museums and castles that we visited uh, the pricing was was wonderfully you know good and competitive if you like uh, lots of these um I mean, I'll cover this in my videos, but lots of vending machines. So you're never short of a cold drink, uh, and it's there's a lot of cash still being used there, which is which is good as well. We carried lots, you know, enough cash with us. Took brought some home actually from what we took. Uh, but yeah, we we went for these cans of ice, but it wasn't really. It was cold coffee. <laughs> Sounds terrible, doesn't it? Cafe au lait in a can, um, and it, they're about a pound. You know, you put in your yen press a button got change if needed and these were everywhere you know it's almost every street or every other street corner there'd be one you went down a, a street in a diff in a, a town or a, maybe a, a suburb of Tokyo which was the latter part of the trip and uh, yeah you just you were never short of a drink in fact I, I think I'd brought a water bottle with me but it never left the cabin or the hotel room because I knew that if we were out and I was thirsty and wanted a cold drink money money in the machine and uh, away we go so that was really cool uh, I'd sort of read up on some of that on um, on YouTube before we went. So so that was Kagoshima. Then we were at sea again, and this was where we had a bit more of a swell on the sea. It was uh, it was quite a you know up and down. But as we found out later, and we'd not really appreciated, we were in the middle of the ship, and that's 
apparently where it's most stable. We certainly felt that. Um, we we never felt a great deal of kind of sway on on the ship at all. Occasionally, you might got a bit. Nothing nothing bad at all. Um, in fact, uh, just a sneak peek of when we event when I eventually get to the Tokyo part of the uh, the trip in this podcast format, uh, we had an earthquake well Tokyo had an earthquake or it was just outside but we felt this in the last full day of the holiday and the the room was kind of going like this the curtains were squeaking as they moved the light was moving from side to side and I think we had more movement in that sort of 30 seconds which is quite a long period when you're in the 20th floor of a hotel and that was the most movement we had in the whole trip you know we never really noticed anything comparable to that being on the cruise which is wonderful and as I say the 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 most intensity that we had was this rather large swell when we were going to Busan South Korea South Korea was quite different uh, the weather was different it was a bit kind of rainy and damp quite warm though quite humid and we had an excursion arranged there so from the ship we went to a place called Apex House where there was a big conference in about 2005 I think various world leaders George Bush and that Russian guy and various other people and uh, lots of photos of it and we went down the, the kind of the main conference room where they have you know the the little uh, place or country names on the table to so look around there then we went to another place with uh, a temple and statues and, and an observatory site tower but we didn't go in that uh, did a bit of shopping we did another stop near the film there's, there's a big film industry over there so another stop there and uh finally ended up at the fish market when we got our shuttle back to the um, or the coach back to the to the ship uh, South Korea had a very different vibe South Korea was very western uh, huge buildings I mean the Busan port where we stopped is the second largest city and uh, yes yeah, skyscrapers everywhere and huge kind of modern buildings huge department stores uh, it was really quite different and actually different in terms of the people the people felt more like the sort of people you would maybe just interact, bump into, or whatever in London, uh, not not in the same vibe at all as as Japan. So it's quite different, um, and and I guess we would bear that in mind if we went back to Korea again. I mean, perhaps go to Seoul or something, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We we've already made our mind that we're going to go back to Japan. We'd like to see more of that. Try the bullet trains. Perhaps get to. Mount Fuji, maybe Kyoto, Osaka, whatever, you know, just get around some of these other areas. And, uh, you know, now we've tasted it. We want a bit more, you know, which I think is, is probably one of the best tributes we can pay. Uh, so, so yes, yeah, so more to follow, basically. I'll cover a bit more about the trip, a bit more about the cruise and where we stopped uh, in future episodes. I just wanted to kind of almost, I'm coming back, welcome back. <laughs> to you to me um from for this particular episode number 147 but uh why has there been a hold up well uh i loaded up all the footage photos this and that onto my computer and i'm going to briefly go technical but it's it's fairly easy to follow so i've got my computer but i work off of external drives uh, because there's so much data that I deal with that would just fill up the hard drive on the computer in no time. So I have a working drive and I, it has a copy and there's a copying program that runs every two or three hours to keep it kind of in sync. On top of that, it goes into the cloud. Anyway, the drive that it copies to, so the from is my main drive, 
2 is the secondary drive. That's basically packed up. It's failed. It's out of warranty. I've tried everything. It's not a data loss situation in the sense that it's a copy of what I've already got on another drive and in the cloud. So remember about backing up. There's a 3-2-1 strategy about different locations and different disks. Uh, so, but it's a frustrating one. So what I've done is I've decided to buy another small fast disk for my day-to-day -day stuff, a working directory, working drive, two terabytes, and that's going to come very soon, this afternoon. But I've also bought a slightly bigger drive to replace the one that's failed, and that'll be how I'm going to spend my time in the next two or three days, just getting all my regular jobs up and running, making sure the data has gone across, you know, as I would like it to, and only then that I can really start working. Now, there's not a huge amount of risk because what I'm working on now is copied fairly quickly in the cloud. It almost looks the job, Backblaze is the company I use, or the product I use, uh, it almost looks for changes. I'm sorry if you're drifting off at this point, but there might be some people who want to hear this. It looks for changes pretty much all the time. So if, if I went out to put the kettle on, it would just do a quick kind of upload. So I'm going to spend my time initially working on the photos, as I mentioned, put them into albums, put them on my social media, maybe little video clips that I'll drop out just for social media. But the YouTube content will come along once everything is now fully settled. And obviously I've got time available, uh, which is pretty good. There's not too much in the diary over the next couple of weeks and more. So I'm going to probably start with a Tokyo video. Uh, I'm going to do a video about the cruise and the experience itself. And within that, we'll cover some of the stops. Um, going to do that that's the working assumption at the moment um, because there's always a, a, a chance that you know maybe I just do it purely about the ship only and then I do a separate video about the stops I haven't decided that element and actually if you build the video it kind of you can cut and paste a bit within reason as to how you do it but Tokyo is the first one I've decided that's going to probably draw some appeal uh, the biggest video that I've got on my channel in terms of views is one that we did from uh, LA to San Francisco and I think uh, yes I'd, I'd always like to grow my channel so if I'm doing content about a major, Euro major European city major Asian city um, I read earlier today that Japan's got the third biggest economy in the world so you know there's quite a few people might have some eyes on that so it'd be my take on Japan recorded lots of stuff when I was out there either on the phone or 360 camera uh, I've got loads of content and uh, it'll just be the art of how I edit to put it all together so the local history stuff is on hold a bit I might still do some shooting if if things line up but the editing focus will be on these travel videos for now because travel has always been a big part of my channel. Travel and the local history and the local stuff kind of mix it up a bit, really. Uh, I did think once about having two different channels, but I've just kept it all together for now. It's more about, if you follow me, just bear in mind you might get different types of content. Oh, and occasionally the consumer ramp videos, which is probably what the British Airways video will go into in terms of the category. So that's where I'm at. Uh, some technical issues which I'm in the middle of resolving. Uh, it was an absolutely fantastic trip. If you ever get the opportunity to go, go. Uh, you won't regret it. And even though the flight was 14 odd hours, it, in a weird way it didn't seem that long. I don't know. That's a strange thing to say maybe. But uh, we, would, um, we would go again but only probably fly British Airways if there's no other option available. Um, I wasn't that impressed with their meal options on the way back really. 
Anyway, Nippon Airways is very good. Good. Thank you uh, for supporting the podcast, episode number 147. And uh, look after yourselves. And I'll talk to you again in the next episode and the next part of the Japan trip story.